0: Five, four, four, three, three, two, one, 1 we
1: have ignition, strap in. Good
0: evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to William Sports Talk, I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, thanks for being with us tonight, uh, Feels weird, no college football really besides an amazing Army Navy game yesterday. I have to honestly say that was a fantastic game. Didn't get to watch all of it, but I did watch parts of it, especially the part where Harvey came back on that drive and won the game. So I love when streaks in like that. What was it, like 15, 16 years since Army beat Navy? But Donald Trump was in the house, the biggest underdog. This world's ever seen that came out alive and won the presidency. He was in the stands or in the press box, so I'm sure that's one of the reasons. The army won, but it was funny what he said. He's like, he said, it's not the best football in the world, but these guys play with more spirit and heart than anyone. So, Donald Trump, Army, you owe Donald Trump for winning that game last night. So, we're going to have to give Donald Trump some props for helping break the streak. Jonathan, I see you. I believe that's you. I'm not sure that that's you, but press number one if it is. We'll get get our co-host in here. And I think that's him. Jonathan, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm. Uh,
0: I'm doing good.
2: I, I used up all the data I had on my my cell phone plan yesterday watching the Army Navy game uh, for my little brother's uh, baseball tournament. Uh, what a what a great performance by Army! Uh, it's it's nice to see the streak finally end. Um, I I mean it it, it was a good game that I thought they were going to let slip and I thought they were going to let another one slip away. Something that they had been
0: making a habit of for the past four or five years. Um, you know, and it was nice yeah. to see President wanna go, Trump there. I want to go. I want to go to that game.
2: Yes. So do I, Adley.
0: I mean, how do you not watch that yesterday? And, I mean, you have to pull for Army yesterday. He, he had to be pulling for Army to break that. They they fought hard. They fought very hard to win that football game. And, you know, we don't have to worry about Navy being in the New Year's Six game anyway, right? They lost their last two, so <laughs> no more New Year's Six for Navy. Sorry. It's over.
2: Uh, I mean, let's look back at the Navy, Navy season as a whole. And realize that they lost their starting quarterback in the first game of the year. They lost their backup quarterback in the American Athletic Conference Championship who led them on a phenomenal season. And, you know, now they're with their third stringer. I mean, we're talking about a team that showed grit and determination that you don't see out of a lot of teams. A lot of teams would have folded losing their starter that early in the year. Um, You know, I think the, the third stringer, they pulled out of the stands. Uh, and to finish out the first game of the year. So I, I, it's, it, what, it's a great season. It's a great coaching job. You lose the maybe one of the best players um, Navy's ever had last year in Keenan Reynolds. Might have been the most important player to any team, honestly, in college football last year. And to be able to replicate the success is it, just phenomenal. Uh, they should be very proud of the season they had. Uh, and, you know, as always, we should all be proud of the cadets at the military academies.
0: But just think about it. You haven't won in so long. Donald Trump's there, the biggest underdog this world's ever seen here. And it just felt it just felt like it. I called this game actually. I called I called it the long as gonna break the streak and I, I feel good about it. Donald Trump being in the house it was good to see. But then last night I followed up I didn't even watch the Heisman Trophy. Did you watch it? I mean, did you take time to watch the Heisman Trophy?
2: Uh no. I uh, I forgot it was actually on. Um, I was eating dinner, and then I watched Major League. Um, yeah, no, no, that's about it. I was watching Major League. Great movie. Um, you know, go Indians. Um,
0: <laughs> you know. One of the best.
2: Oh, yeah, by, by far. Uh, and in my eyes, the second best baseball movie ever behind Bull Durham. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden my phone's lighting up. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman, I'm like, oh, that's a thing? I thought he won it, like, September 20th.
0: Yeah, why are they announcing it? We knew who was going to win it, but what surprised me were some of the people. Oklahoma had two players in there, and that was mm-hmm. that was the funny thing. Bob Stoops, you have two Heisman Trophy candidates, finalists on your team, and you still suck. And you're, you know, I was thinking last night. I was thinking last night that, you know, Auburn's defense doesn't get motivated for this game playing Westbrook and uh, what's the kids, what's the quarterback's name Mayfield, Mayfield, if, if they don't get up, if they don't get up for that, then they'll never get up. Because think about Auburn's position right now. They've got a chance to shut down an offense and got two finalists for the Heisman. So right there's enough to to see Auburn's defense kill them hell. On January 2nd I'm excited to, to see how it matches up But Westbrook is a great receiver No doubt about it But he's not a Heisman Come on.
2: Yeah I mean I had my own issues With the um, With the Heisman uh, ceremony uh, One was Dalvin Cook finished Tied for 10th with Donnell Um No uh, Two Christian McCaffrey got more First place votes and like all but three or four of the candidates, which is ridiculous to be completely honest. Um, Jonathan Allen wasn't the top defensive player uh, in the Heisman um, as far as uh, the Heisman voting went, which is, again, ridiculous. Uh, I mean, if you watched uh, Alabama this year, um, I'd say Jonathan Allen was more important than uh, Jabril Peppers. I don't even think Jabril Peppers was the most important player on the team. If he hadn't taken, you know, those snaps at running back and quarterback and receiver. Um, <laughs> you know, and that was my biggest problem with Jabril Preppers is they kept focusing on the snaps. He took at different positions. Like, well, what was the impact? I mean, you
0: know, it wasn't much. Yeah. It's not,
2: you know, that doesn't make you a Heisman finalist. No.
0: Um, or somebody yeah, I Huckin played Allen. every position in a baseball game. I played every position in a baseball game. Does that mean I'm a, a major league material or something? I mean, John <laughs> Tate. who cares how many snaps you take? I mean, if you, if you line up in the wildcat or you line up at quarterback or you may line up in the slot at receiver, who cares, really? You're Michigan. You're, you're nobody. Okay? We're Howard, okay? I mean, that's what's I mean, thinking about it. They're like, oh, we got Desmond Howard on our team. He shouldn't have got it that year either. But, look, for, for Watson not to win the Heisman Trophy last night was a complete joke to me. That's why I said that. The Heisman joke. And and out of all those players that are in there, Watson, that were at that final table that dinner last night, I think Watson was the, the most deserving player, not just for this year, but just not last year, what he's done over a amount time. Lamar Jackson just came out of nowhere and played a few games well and, and mm-hmm. years. I'm sorry, if you're a Heisman candidate, you beat Kentucky. I'm sorry, if you're a Heisman trophy candidate, you beat Houston. Okay? You, oh, want, you see, th-
2: that bothers me to a point because it's like if you watch the Houston game, Lamar Jackson didn't play bad. He got sacked 11 times. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't give up 41
0: points to Kentucky.
2: You know, I mean, yeah, he had the tur- he had the two turnovers, but, again, 41 points given up by the – you know, and it's like, you know, R- RG3 won a Heisman in a year where we knew he was going to win it because he was – you know, for that season – he was heading towards above everybody else. There was no doubt about it. Um, Texas. I, 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 Texas. I, I, I beat Oklahoma, um, that was the highest moment, was, was yeah, that Oklahoma throw with, like, was 10 good. seconds left. So Yeah, I mean, I think I think beating Texas that year, everybody was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> was like, that was kind of the, the the start of the descent of Texas, and everybody was like, mm, oh, my goodness, maybe Oklahoma. Look at that game. Don't look at the Texas game, please. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, look, Deshaun Watson, and, and when you say look at what he did last year and his entire career, that's why Ron Dane won a Heisman in 1999 when he had no business winning. It's not a career award. The Heisman is not
0: a career you're award. Right. You're right. I was wrong on that. But but I guess what I'm saying is I know more about Watson. I've seen a bigger body of work. And, and again, mm-hmm. that should not factor into it. You're right. You're right. right. Let's look at this year, though. Well, you know, you see Watson, who has he beaten? He went to Auburn in. He beat Florida State on the road. He beat Louisville. I mean, he, he won all the big games that he played in. Yes, they they lost. Uh, he had a great game against Pittsburgh, and he did throw two or three picks in that game. But again, the defense hit about 50. You talked about Lamar Jackson, but I just don't see what the big deal about Lamar is. He's fast. Yeah, he'll never play in the NFL, though. You'll never see him as an NFL quarterback. So that doesn't make him the best player in the country right now because he. I mean, I just, I
1: just,
0: I just don't like it. I just Lamar Jackson and Bob Petrino getting a Heisman Trophy, and I just don't think he deserved it. I don't think he did anything to warrant it. They're I mean, putting up dotty stats get terrible teams. I mean, is that really what it takes to run a Heisman? I mean, you said about Houston, you don't, you don't get sacked 11 times if you're if you're athletic enough to get out on him. He just looked well, like he didn't want to try in that game.
2: Oh, well, I mean, come on now. Let's let's not be ridiculous for a minute.
0: Look, when you're offensive
2: line, quit. When you're, old, I mean, you're, it's, and you know, because he was, he was trying, so I felt I, I felt a little bit of pity for him in that game because he was trying so hard to not get hit again. That's all he was doing. He was taking <laughs> the snap and running because he knew somebody was going to be on him in a minute. Uh, you know, I mean, that, there, there was that moment in, in the fourth quarter where you're like, oh, this poor dude has just gotten his head kicked in for the entirety of this game, never had a shot. Um, you know, I, Deshaun Watson saw, put up good numbers. He also turned the ball over uh, a good number this year, and that always wigs out Heisman voters is guy, a guy who was turnover prone. Uh, and his other issue, and, you know, again, it's something that I brought up that I shouldn't factor into it, but it does. It does every, every time we're in a situation like this, what, three last year? So everybody's expecting him to exceed the phenomenal season he had last year. And when you have a season that's good as yeah. he did last year, You're not going to beat that out. That's very hard to do. Now, Lamar Jackson became the third player ever to throw for 30-plus touchdowns and run for 20-plus touchdowns in the same season. That's an amazing statistic. Lamar Jackson almost ran for 2,000 yards. That's amazing. You know, I mean, his problems were with the completion percentage. There's no doubt about that. I was with most of the quarterbacks. If there's a comparison for Lamar Jackson at this point, if you want me to put a, a pro comparison on him, it's Michael Vick. And, 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 you know, people have this concept that Michael Vick was this great football player. He wasn't. Michael Vick was not a great NFL quarterback. Whoever tells you that's a liar.
0: Michael Vick was electric.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously he'll forever have that attached to him, but he was an electric player when he ran. But as an NFL quarterback, his completion percentage hovered around 55%. That's not good. Could he throw the ball far? Yeah. Did he throw touchdowns? Yeah. Did he turn the ball over? Duh. You know, so, you know, that's, just compa- that's the large pro comp right now, as you know, as it stands is Michael Vick. That's not the best pro comp you can have, to be completely honest, because the last guy who got that comp in all reality was, was RG3. That hasn't worked out too well. You know, the whole mobile quarterback thing has not worked out really well in the pros. Uh, everybody's trying to be Randall Cunningham and didn't realize that Randall Cunningham put more effort and energy and study into his passing game then he really did his running game. And these guys are trying to run to set up their throws when everybody else is trying to throw to set up, to set up the case where they had to run.
0: Well, I, I think you're right, though. When you, when you talk about Watson last year, you expect him to go up. I mean, last year they finished undefeated, and he had monster numbers this year, not so much. But I'm telling you why Clemson is not Clemson of last year because of their defense. It's it's a totally Mm -hmm. different ball game now. And you hear people talking about Clemson can beat Bama. Yeah, they could. I mean, anybody could beat anybody. But it doesn't look pretty right now for Clemson. I think they beat Ohio State, you know, and I think he gets that. But do you think he comes back next year? Oh,
2: no. No. No, and my logic behind that is Jared Goff went number one overall last year. Um and uh, Deshaun Watson better than Jared Goff, so that tells me that Deshaun Watson is better, better than all right, Jared I wa-
0: Goff. I watched Vic being Beasley blocked.
2: being blocked. Vic Beasley is being blocked. He's actually being held, and he reaches behind himself with one hand and dragged Jared Goff to the ground. That's Jared Goff in a nutshell. He was sacked. At least I'm Goff is terrible. He 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 look, they, we, we we've always we've always had these conversations, spread quarterbacks don't work out in the NFL. It takes them too long to develop. They they don't call their offenses. Um they're not used to taking snaps under center. They're not used to really reading unless defenses. You're, it's really been quick one-two read. Read. Unless move. Unless
0: you're well, Cam Newton. Cam wasn't an
2: air raid quarterback. He wasn't an air raid. No. Uh, that that that, that I, should spec- I should
0: percent specify that. Yeah, um, he's air 55% raid this year. We probably doing too well this year. But, uh, well, but
2: what was what was the knock on Cam? What was always the knock on Cam?
0: Great arm, accuracy. Percentage.
2: Cam Newton is Dante Culpepper. Whether anybody likes it or not, he uh, is Dante Culpepper.
0: Well, I'm gonna tell you something about Cam this year. He is injured, and he I mean he's hurt playing hurt a lot. And that's why, dip. I've watched him play for since he came to Auburn. So, about six years I've watched him play, and I'm telling you, there's something going on. He's fighting through the pain, and I wonder how much. He was 10 of 27 today, 160. I mean, there's something wrong. And it's not – it's either in the locker room, there's something going on with him and the coaching staff or the team, or He's hurt. And I, honestly, I think it's a mixture of both. We were talking about the Carolina Panthers. They did get a win today, but Trevon Reed, the next Auburn player, had a kick-six on him that was called back, actually. And Cam just makes some dumb mistake sometimes. I'm looking at him, and I'm like, dude, are you, you're making all this money, and you're that stupid? I mean, I mean, I just don't get it sometimes. We'll talk about Cam in a little while, but let's start off the conversation tonight, Jonathan. Why could Lane Kiffin not get a job as a head coach? I I just think teams look at him and they're like, Nick Saban hates him. People don't like him. We're not going to be that, that team stuck with Lane Kiffin. And I think that's what you're doing. You're settling and you're getting stuck with a coach that is successful because he works under Nick Saban. You check out every other job he's had, He sucks And he's, he's tanked the program. And now, all of a sudden, Florida Atlantic won't even touch you. South Florida won't touch you. Houston won't touch you. Who's going to touch Lane Kippen other than Ed Orgeron, probably? That's it. Why do you think he can't get a job? Well, the issue,
2: if everything I've heard is correct, the issue with Houston was the buyout. Houston wanted a um, a sizable buyout to avoid another Herman situation. Um. And uh, Kiffin wasn't ready to uh, commit to that. Uh, And that's where the stumbling block happened late at night, and why Major Applewhite got the job, which is actually kind of interesting, considering he was a – he's still part of a lawsuit with the University of Texas. (laughs) So, like, everybody thought he was going to go back to Texas and be the OC, and it's like, no, no. So – uh, at this point, Western Kentucky, I know, isn't interested in Kiffin. Uh, most of the candidates they're looking at um, are have ties to the program, and in all honesty, that's that's what I expect uh, from the source that I know that, uh, that that is inside the Western Kentucky program. They like to kind of keep things within the family, uh, so either you've coached there or you're from the state of Kentucky. Um, from what I understand with USF, um, no, USF hired Charlie Strong. I mean, it, it was it was what really a, entertaining. What a dumb uh, hire.
0: What a dumb hire.
2: You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a phenomenal hire. I do. Uh, Charlie recruits the state of Florida really well. Um, I think this is a program that's not going to put a lot of pressure on him. They're going to tell him, um, you know, get a good offensive coordinator and win. That's all we're going to ask. I, and I think there's good guys on that staff uh, unless Taggart pulled them all to uh, Oregon, which I don't think he will, because the two guys that uh, that intrigue me are Reeves and Weist, and both of them uh, are Scott Reeves and Scott, and both of them are diehard USF guys. Um, so they're they're very important.
0: Looks clueless, though. I watched Stroll on the sideline, John. He just looks clueless all the time. I mean, he looks like. He's a beer and headlights. He doesn't know what's going on. And i just uh, – maybe that's uh, – if, if you settle for him as a head coach right now, that's what you're doing. That's what, that's what I think. I just never thought he was a good coach. Never thought he was worth a damn. When Texas hired him, I mean, that was that was one. Yeah, he knows defense. I think he needs to be a coordinator. But he has no business being a wow. head coach or CEO of any organization. I mean, he's a dumbass.
2: You know what's funny is, at Louisville and at Texas, the problems were the defense. Uh, you know, it wasn't until his really his last year at Louisville that the defense turned around. He got the offensing gear before he got the defense. And at Texas, we see he got the offensing gear before he got the defense in gear. So, do I think he's a good defensive coach? Yes, but I think he understands that if I get an offense going and they're scoring points, it takes pressure off my defense and I have more time to build it in my image instead of trying to stop gap everything. Instead of taking steps, I can kind of do a full sale change. Um, you notice it's like year three, year four, his defense will start getting their act together. Um, I like strong as a person. I think I think it's a great hire for USF. You know, USF isn't US. Let's, let's separate that for a minute. I think it's a great hire for USF because he knows the area. Kids know him. He's going to be able to recruit, and that's why I think it's a good hire. Um, as going back to Lane Kiffin, um Boy, yeah, he's not going to go to Western Kentucky. Uh, he's not going to go to Temple. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping Temple doesn't fall back into the we-need-a-Penn-State guy trap. Um, and it sounds like the players want their defensive coordinator to get the job, uh, which I think would be a good idea. Because the, the thing with Temple is nothing's broken. It's just your top guy just got, got poached. So don't completely uh, change the system. Go ahead and, you know, go ahead. And you can promote from within, and I think that would be a good idea. Um the one school that Lane Kiffin's got a shot at right now, for what Fort understand, is Atlantic. Uh and, you Atlantic. Know, and this is just, you
0: know, words of words. I heard that's done. Schools.
2: I heard that's really? done,
0: Jonathan. I heard. That's what I'm, That's what my people are telling me, that um, that one got squashed, too. There's something going on with him. Well, there's, there's something going with on for the Atlantic. I hope he stays in Alabama. I hope he stays in Alabama because I want to beat his ass next year. That's why I want him to stay in Alabama.
2: Well, the problem with Florida Atlantic is that he was probably going to take a pay cut to be the head coach there. And I don't, I don't think he was receptive to that idea um, of, of taking a pay no, cut to be a head play, coach, especially, especially
0: when he's
2: in LSU. Right. And at this point, from, from what I've been hearing and from what the grapevine has said is that if he doesn't get a head coaching job, he will go to LSU. He will not stay at Bama. Um, which if, yeah, to be honest, if you're Orgeron, that's a great hire. And it's a great – because Kiffin yeah. as an offensive coordinator has always been good. And I think he's a very good offensive coordinator. Head coach, I mean, he was young. He was dumb. I'm not, I'm not ready to kill him off yet. But he definitely, I think, needs more time to grow and mature. Um, but as a, a – a, a, you know as a, and Orgeron's close to the Kiffin family. He knows Lane really well. Uh, so this is somebody where they're going to have – I believe they can have a really good working relationship. Um, so I think for LSU, it's a home run hire to get Kiffin as your offensive coordinator, especially since Ogeron already committed to not putting his hands in the offense.
0: But this, so what this is, what concerns me. Um, Kiffin fears Nick Saban. He doesn't like him. Nick Saban's riding his butt all the time. The defense loves to get him chewed out in practice. I don't think Ed Orgeron is a good fit for Lane Kiffin because. Kiffin needs to be managed. I don't think he's a head coach. I mean, the guy's a joke. I mean, he even runs the Alabama offense bad. I mean, imagine if they had a true offensive coordinator. They'd be up 60 a game with the talent that they have on offense right now. He hinders them in every game they play. And I, I just really think make Saban him gone, honestly. And, well, and you know if is, is really going well? to be their offensive coordinator.
2: I- is he hindering them, or is it the underclassmen that's kind of slowing down the offense? Because we have to remember, they're starting a true freshman at quarterback. Their running backs are really young. Their offensive line's definitely not the most veteran um, in, in, in the bunch. I mean, their most veteran area of the offense is the receiving corps. So, I mean, is Lane yeah, holding back? Because remember what he did for Blake Sims.
0: Well, he made it to three straight playoffs with three different quarterbacks. It's kind of hard to do. I mean, I'll just, I I can agree with you on that. I mean, I can also make arguments the think that I just don't think he fits the head coach's mold, and I think some of these teams are starting to see that. And all you have to do is look how Nick Saban treats him. I mean, do you see, do you see head coaches get treated like that? I mean, most offensive coordinators don't get chewed out every game like that. And then the head coach comes back to the game and says, no, that wasn't an argument. That was an ass-chewing. I mean, like – you know what I mean? It's like I don't think Saban is
1: him at all. Well at
2: all. let's remember Saban tends to go through offensive coordinators at a pretty quick clip. McIlwain is his longest tenured one and that was four years. Um and, and McElwain probably only lasts that long because they won a championship. Um actually I think they won hmm. two. So, you know, I'm burning I think, it up in Florida. Yeah. I I actually had that conversation with a Florida uh fan the other the other night. I'm like you realize you hired an offensive coordinator and your offense is one of the worst in the nation. I mean, how, how terrible is your program shaping right now? Considering that an offensive coach can't fix your offensive woes. And the only reason you hired an offensive coach was because the offense was bad and he can't even turn it around. And now all of Mustang's team's yeah. recruits are leaving. So, I mean, it's the Kiffin situation interesting. I think going to LSU would be good for him. Um, I think for Alabama's sake, uh, promoting Sartisi and offensive coordinator would be a good idea. Uh, you know, I, this is this is kind of the oddest um, coaching carousel, if you will, in a long time. Because most of the time, we kind of knew who was going where. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, we, we, we all kind of knew Orgeron was going to LSU. We all knew Carmen was going to Texas. Like these weren't you know shockwaves. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, it wasn't like a lot of big schools opened up. I think the one shocker was uh, Brom taking uh, the Purdue job, which is a great hire for Purdue. I don't know how good of a hire it's good. I don't know how good of a job it is for Brom. Um, and Matt Rule to Baylor obviously stunned me. I'm still not 100% certain on how good of a hire that is for Baylor. Um, you know, I, I think Matt is a good coach. I just don't know if going to Texas what, is, is the best option for him.
0: Well, well, you know, it wouldn't be way in sports I didn't bring up and kind of brag on this show. Where did where did we think Jared sit on the land, Jonathan, with no doubt whatsoever? When everybody else was worried, when everybody else was sitting there, where we you predict him to go?
2: Oh, uh, I think we said Georgia.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: that's what I'm To me, that's my perfect coming. Not the trophy night, Sidham comes out. And he's coming to Auburn. And, and here's what's funny. There's people out there still thinking Sean White's the starting quarterback next year. Are you kidding me, people? Really? Are you joking with me right now? Something, what does this mean for Auburn being able to have this kind of quarterback 6 6'3? He's not hot to you let know, He's 6'3 with a can arm, dual threat guy coming into this offense right now. What does that mean for Auburn in recruiting? What does it mean for Dale next year? What were your thoughts when you saw the announcement last time? Uh,
2: thank God he didn't go to Florida. <laughs> that was across my mind. I mean, I, you, you and I have been talking about it for a while, and we both agreed. He was an Auburn lock, um, and it, it's a great pickup. He's easily the best quarterback you could uh, bring into your program at, at the current time uh, that to play um and play well. I, I think that um I think it's a great pickup. I think he I honestly believe he's going to work well on that offense. If <sighs> you're Sean White, how much do you love Auburn? <laughs> That's the question now. Yeah. How much do you love Auburn?
1: To, to, be
2: completely, to Be completely honest, I'm Sean White. I'm kicking tires at a lot of schools and I'm saying, Hey yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: you know, your system fits me more. Um I'm not gonna play. If you're John Franklin the third, you got to start kicking tires too.
0: You really do. No, um, I think if you know you bear, say it's when he married. Let me tell you why with Franklin. You don't. Let me tell you why you said Auburn. You changed positions. you, no, you, I mean, you it, it, obviously it. realize you're not going to be NFL now. You know by mm-hmm. looking at it, you're not going to be an NFL quarterback one. Uh, you tried. You tried it at Florida State. It didn't work out. You went to JUCO. You couldn't win a starting job. You went to Auburn and you couldn't win the starting job. And, and I still wanted to see him more. I'm a Franklin fan. Okay, I'm, I really am. But with Woody Barrett there and the Sidham there, I think the writings on the wall that might save a number of quarterback. And and so is John Franklin. So if you're John Franklin, do you really? go to another place to play quarterback and you're not going to do it in the NFL, or do you work your butt off, change positions it may be defense, it may be uh, receiver, just change your position and try to make it to the NFL. So now you're taking all that into account, you really transfer and if you do, where?
2: Well, if John Franklin thinks he's a quarterback then he's going to transfer. Um, to where? Go find me a group of five school. <laughs> Go find me one i bet I, you you find one. I bet she goes there um, power five probably not um but group of five he's
0: yeah. a, he's yeah. a good quarterback man he's got to be i mean he just has had the right opportunity. I think Gus hamstrung in this year, and I don't think he was treated barely and and I heard he wasn't the smartest person in the world too i, I have heard that um I've heard reference on the box of rocks, you know. Uh, and so
1: let's
0: go back to Sean White. You go back to Sean White. You're a red shirt. You'll be a red shirt junior next year. If you transfer, that means you get one more year, right? He's already redshirted, so he's just got one year to play. And with Auburn, Dylan could go pro after next year. He's got three years to play, but he would be three years removed from high school. Would he stay in I agree with you there. But if I'm Sean White, I think Sean White is a backup quarterback. But he could go somewhere like UAB or or somewhere like that Troy and throw the ball around a lot and be good. I, I think I think Sean White would have every reason to transfer, and I wouldn't be mad at him if he transferred because this is his life, you know. This is his chance to be quarterback, and he is a pretty good quarterback. The problem I have with Sean White is our strength number one. Stay in healthy number two, and I just think he can't do it for an entire season. I've said it all along; he can't win an a SEC championship with him. But I think he's going to start looking around, that's going that could leave Auburn thin. If John Franklin third and Sean White, you bring in Situm never played in the SEC, and Woody Barrett we've never seen him take a snap. So Auburn is putting themselves at risk if both leave. Yeah,
2: I mean, if I'm Sean, I'm kicking the tires on some Big Ten teams. Um, maybe I'm kicking tires on some teams out West, uh, maybe even in the pe- big 12. <laughs> I don't know if he's on track to gra- uh, graduate or not um, at the end of the spring semester. If he is, he can technically grad transfer and have two years. Um, he could also pull a Stidham and um, gradu- uh, go ahead and transfer, but sit out a year. Don't be part of football at all. But that's what Stidham did to save a year eligibility. So Sean White could transfer, not be on the football team, and still retain two years of eligibility. Um, you know, Franklin, I'm with you. I think his best idea is to go ahead and make a position change, whether it's cornerback or a re- receiver. I don't think he can be a running back. Uh, but cornerback or receiver I think would be a good idea for him. Um, you know, just like, you know, I, I, Nick Marshall for the NFL went to the combine as a DB, not as a QB, as a DB. Because he knew, you know, he saw writing on the wall and knew what was ahead of ahead of him. And I think if you're Franklin, go ahead and jump for that now and um, get ahead of the curve before you have to try and learn a whole whole new position on somebody's practice squad.
0: Yeah, but if he believes he is a quarterback and he thinks he can go somewhere, but I mean, where's he gonna go? I mean, who's gonna take a chance on him? Even once Philly goes through, that he could start. And then make a name for himself as a quarterback, and remember he would only have one year, correct, unless he came out an entire year and then came back. I think I'm trying to think he's a junior this year, so he's got one year left to play, and he can't Auburn could let him out they and let him play if Auburn agrees to then NCAA play, he could leave Auburn and go to another school, like say in the big twelve. I think he would do well in the big twelve out there. There's no defense. Yeah. He'd he'd be able to become a quarterback. But I still like him, though. I mean, I I think, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, but these Auburn fans out there that that think that the Stedham announcement didn't just tell you who the starting quarterback is unless he gets hurt or something. Um, They're crazy, Jonathan. They're actually sitting there thinking that Sean White has won the team over and and the Stidham him will be a backup. Stidham didn't come to Auburn to be a backup. If you take an 8 and 14 this year, uh, two of those losses really, I can't count on Sean White. He was hurt in the Alabama Georgia game. But imagine Stidham being in that Auburn uniform the entire year this year. What kind of record do you think Auburn has? At least 10 and 2, right? We have some kind of quarterback. We're at least 10 and 2, possibly 11 and 1 in the playoffs right now. We don't lose in Alabama. And that's how good this team was just missing a quarterback.
2: Yeah, I mean if you have Stidham for Georgia, uh Clemson and A and M, I could easily see this team being undefeated going into the Iron Bowl. I easily could have seen it and even then they could have put up a really tough uh test for uh, Alabama Alabama that Iron Bowl. Might have even won that game. We don't know. Um, you know, so I I think I think a good good competent quarterback play uh would have really helped out uh, Auburn this year. I mean, this is just, this is one of those years where you and I sit back and look and go, we were one this away, one that away. We're 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 you know uh, both of our teams. You know, my team was you know what six points away from being in the playoff. Your team is a competent quarterback away from possibly being in the playoff. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's just one of those years uh, where the 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 cards didn't fall in our our favor.
0: Well, but it's showing how close you are, though. I mean, like Florida State, just so close. Auburn, I think it's real close. So, as long as you have Alabama in that division, it's going to be tough. The good thing about Auburn next year is they they have Georgia and Alabama at the end of the season at home. And I just don't think people realize how important that is. Yes, you go to A&M, who cares? You go to Clemson. That's like a mulligan game, that Clemson game. is Nobody really cares. If you win, that's extra credit. If lose, nobody really cares because you're in a top team. But at Baton Rouge and at A.M., you split one of those games, you, you beat Arkansas, you know you beat Missouri on the road, but you win your home games. And that's what great teams do. They win their home games. So you're in the class. you're probably representing your team. But another shot arm. They got him last night. Cam Petway decided, he, I, and I thought he was going to stay. He decided to stay for 2017. He said he had some unfinished business. That's big for often as well to have Carry on Johnson, Cam Petway, Cam Martin, all those guys returning next year with Chandler Cox at fullback, and the linebackers coming in for this recruiting class. I mean, it's just, I mean, the future looks so bright for this team. And if Stidham could stay two or three years, man, Auburn could have a championship under the belt. Oh,
2: oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it would be wise for Stidham to stay up two years because, you know, he's going to be breaking in next year, and it's going to be interesting to see how all that goes, obviously. Um, you know, because Auburn hasn't announced any changes to the offensive staff, so he's got to learn a whole new playbook, a whole new system. Um, so, I, I obviously, interested to see how he plays next year. I think uh, high expectations need to be tampered a little bit. Uh, expect uh, be positive and expect good things. Don't expect an undefeated national title season, but you know, let's let's make sure we're all realists here. Um, unlike I was at the beginning of the year. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jameis. You kind of hard, a
0: it's hard. It's hard not to be. It's, it's hard not to be. I mean, you know, like Jeremy Johnson. Everybody pumped him up to be the next uh can Newton and look what happened. I mean, like you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And that's why I think it's important for 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 Malzon to kinda of talk these guys in to stay in the year. Like, you know, Sean White and Franklin the third. Maybe not so much Franklin, but you wanna you want to keep White there. You know, he's a leader and just to have him as a backup role. I mean, he's never gonna be an NFL quarterback. You know, Jeremy Johnson will. You know, Jeremy Johnson will be playing on Sundays. You watch um, but you just gotta you just gotta expectations, we all know. You can say and think somebody's gonna be great and they suck. I've seen it. I'm highly I'm consciously optimistic and I'm very happy and excited. I felt like it was Christmas when Siddhartha announced who's coming to Auburn because I mean that's that's what you're looking at. It's what you need, you know, you need that part in that offense. But uh, I don't know if you You've been following Auburn recruiting, and you follow a lot of people. But man, they're they're close to having the perfect class that they need to fill a bunch of voids. And when they do, man, I'm telling you, Alabama is a great football team, and they always will be. That I is going to be something special. And uh, I don't know. I'm just excited to see. I'm excited to see what's going on, what's what's going to happen. But he's got a beautiful girlfriend. That's that's one. You know. You, Confidence in a quarterback, he wouldn't have it without being confident, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, you know it, it, it continues the SEC trend of uh, SEC quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks having a show <laughs> shows, uh for for their uh, their side, <laughs> their uh, on their side. But uh, you know, I, I know you're excited about the the incoming Auburn recruiting class, and let let me just say this. If you expect a freshman to come in and play right away from you, for you and, and contribute, you have bigger problems because it means that you didn't do a good job recruiting before that. Um, you know, they don't. So I don't, don't think that's going think
0: to I don't. I don't. I don't think that at all about Auburn. I don't think any of the. I don't expect them to come in and they have to contribute to for us to win. Right. Is that what you're saying? I, are you are you talking about? Yeah.
2: No, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if, you, if you're a program like Auburn or Florida State or Alabama, you shouldn't be expecting a lot out of your true freshman. Uh, they got a lot of growing to do. they got a lot of learning to do. I mean, the only kid that Florida State fans really expected to contribute to the true freshman was Vontae Taylor because we saw him as a return man and we needed a return man bad. <laughs> so we were hoping he'd get snaps there. He really didn't. But, uh, you know, he actually contributed on the defensive side of it. Uh, which, um, you know, surprised us, caught us off guard, but it was somewhat of a pleasant surprise. Uh, so, you know, just in general, you know, you can look at recruiting classes and be excited, but, I, I, you know, give them two, three years before you reap the rewards uh, of a class. I mean, the one thing for Auburn is you've got three of the top offensive linemen uh, in the country, let's say three of the top 30, most likely probably even top 20, who are committed to your school right now. And offensive linemen, that learning curve isn't as big because your job's kind of simple, block. Um, so if, if one of those guys can come in and contribute Chelsea. right away, right, yeah, I mean, you know, that that would be a great – honestly, that would be a great sign if one of them could actually come in and contribute right away, uh, especially if you, you're you going to have a hole there, um, you know, and he wins the position battle out over last year's backup and blah, blah, blah. You know that that that's always something that's positive. Uh, that's something that at, at Florida State we, we saw with uh, Landon Dickerson, who came in and contributed as a freshman and and had did a uh, an admirable job of it. So offensive linemen, I think, and defensive lineman, uh, you can kind of get away with it, but the other positions you get a little nervous because there's a lot more of a playbook they got to di- digest and understand. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's the good thing about Auburn. If you're listening out there, they they were so young this year too, and that's one of the reasons they were picked to finished sixth in the SEC West, seventh in some places, because of a lot of young players. But, man, these young players have stepped up and really played well, and you got to be excited for the future. So it's not like you're losing a bunch of seniors and you're having to replace them with freshmen. You're losing some seniors, but you're getting able to replace them with people that's already played, some redshirt freshmen that set out this year developing. So I think Auburn's right where they need to be. And not firing Gus was a great decision because one thing this, his program does, his coaching, they finish strong, Jonathan. They finish very strong. And that's why I'm waiting to see. There's some five stars that Rodney Gardner's looking at, I'm sure. He's sitting there looking his chops at. And it's hard because once you go for those five stars, the problem with them, Jonathan, is everybody's out there going for them. And you can have some surprises and some big swings on signing day. That's one thing that makes me nervous about some of these big five stars. I love the ones that commit to you and stay there. And they say, hey, we're not going anywhere else. I'm locked in. But what sucks is if you're 60, 40, going to get a player and they, they get you on signing day, that can hurt. So it's hard recruiting. I would hate to be a college recruiter, the stress of that. That has to be probably the most stressful job in the, in the world, trying to read into an 18-year-old's mind and figure out what he needs. When you play for Bama, you know what they need cash, you know, they need some, they have some jobs, you know, some some free housing, something like that. <laughs> we know what Bama does. But, uh, Gene Jones, for instance, right there. I know I piss the Alabama fans off sometimes. I'm sorry. I, I just have to go there. <laughs> um, that's okay, though, isn't it? It's okay they get upset. You know, that's okay. They're easily offended. That's a thing. Did you see the Saturday Night Live skit with John Cena acting like an Alabama player? You
1: tell me no,
0: about.
2: no, I haven't seen it yet.
0: Um, yeah. I, I, I caught wind
2: of it, and uh, when I was at work, and I was like, I need to see this when I can. Um, I mean, John Cena as an Alabama player it just <laughs> sounds like it's going to be a pretty darn good skit, though.
0: It's funny. The base of it is in a panel thing, and he's like. I know Alabama wants me for my physical ability, but I consider myself a scholar. And if I don't get an A-plus in these classes, I will personally set out at the bowl game against Washington or something. And that was like a committee. and a, a Bama guy on the panel was like, hey, you know, we're going to treat you just like everybody else. Hey, thanks for signing my hat. Another the other guy was painted red red and white his face. And the other two were geniuses. And they, they presented, well, he presented his part and it was like, Nailing bananas to a board and said bananas are a snack monkeys like these. there's yellow bananas there's brown bananas there's brown spotted bananas
1: and then it had an orange on
0: the bottom, an orange and he said there's orange bananas. They were like oh that's a, a banana. The other students were saying and the guy was like yeah, that's, a round, that's, a, that's a round banana there dare you, A plus you know, you get that A plus <laughs> you need and that's, I know that tore a lot of Alabama people up, man. That tore them up. But uh, you got to watch it when you get off here tonight. Just just go. If you want five minutes of entertainment, it's funny. Uh, and another the thing with Auburn and Alabama, Jonathan, I bet you would never think that. Auburn's a lot tougher school to get into than Alabama. They're, they're a lot tougher academically to get in than Alabama is right now. So that's just some fun facts for you. You may not know that.
2: Both are probably
0: easier to get into than Florida State. (laughs) Well, ACC ACC schools are a little tougher. ACC, with the exception of Vanderbilt, you know, in the SEC, it is tough. ACC schools are are a lot tougher to get into. Yeah, there's some great schools up there. I wish they would start making it where it was more challenging for kids to get in. And that way – some of these kids go to junior – instead of getting thrown into Clemson or something your first year, not knowing how to write your name, you know, you get a chance to be educated in junior college or something. But I just wish some of that was even because if you've got a guy that's a great athlete and Alabama wants him and Auburn wants him, well, he can't, he can't make a 20 on his ACT or something, but he can make a, a 12 in Alabama and get in, you know, that He may go to Alabama because of his choice. So those are people who are going to let him in, and there's no graduation plan for Alabama players. Saban even says that. it's, it's why he wants to do is just keep you there three years and get you to the pros. That's really what he's about. Maybe if you, how many be, players do you think Alabama really graduates?
2: You know, I would be amazed to see what Alabama's APR is. To be honest, uh, I know I can find it. Um, uh, and, you know, when I do, I'll post it later to uh, our Facebook group just so everybody can see. I would be amazed to see what it is, um, because you know K- Kentucky, right? So Kentucky for basketball has to, ha- you know, Calipari knows he has to have a certain number of guys who are going to stay and graduate, right? And also, it's the whole, you know, if you leave early for the draft, you come back, you know, over the summer, and you know you get your degree. Don't worry about paying for it. We got you. Come to class. Your 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 scholarship still applies, so that the APR rating doesn't drop and they get put on probation. Uh, like Connecticut did, um, so I'm interested to see what Alabama actually is, and and, and to see how many players, um, you know, what, what you know, essentially what what percentage of the players really do graduate, because uh, you know that that's always a statistic that that interests me. Um, it kind of tells me where as a coach you reside as far as your uh, philosophy goes for uh, things of that nature. For certain schools, they uh, well they just don't care.
0: Yeah, if you find that post it, I'd like to. I'd like to see it too. It's pretty cool. So, so what else is going on in the sports world this weekend in college football? Anything big I'm missing besides Ohio State's coach? Uh, I think that's a good hire. Is it Fickle? He went to Cincinnati. What is Urban Meyer going to do? I mean, that's his rock in Ohio State.
2: Uh. I saw that Louisville, um, two of their players were at a party. I say it was last night, and uh, wound up getting shot. Uh, neither one's in critical condition. One of them is James Hearn's, one of the more important players on defense. Uh, I wish them both a speedy recovery. Um, just such a, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. That's just the the, the, the fact that that happened is, is ridiculous. Um, I I think there needs to be some reevaluating
0: countrywide on some of these things. Um, I'm tired of hearing about that stuff all the time. I mean, just nonsense. You know, uh, uh, Vern Lundquist called his last college
2: football game Saturday, and I know there's a lot of you here celebrating that. Well, let me do the opposite. I teared up. Uh, uh you know I grew up listening to Vern called the c b s games uh they were always something I look forward to every weekend uh It's kind of the reason why I was so disappointed with uh, the SEC slate this year for the c b s games because we we got some games that I just didn't care about you know uh Tennessee's already- you know it's like <laughs> eh, who cares um you know, I, I, I hope to, I wish him the best in mm-hmm. his retirement. I know he's going to do March Madness, and I know he said he's going to do the Masters next year. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's a voice that I'm going to miss listening to. And hats off to Vern for leaving before he completely lost it. Now, there was obvious signs that he was slipping a little bit. There's no doubt about that. Um, but uh, hats off to him for recognizing that and going, let me get out now. Uh, before I turn it whatever legacy I have. And, you know, if you've never read up on Vern at all, great story. You know, 1976, he was left behind. He was working for ABC, got left behind for the Olympics uh, because they told him he would, uh, or it was 72, I want to say. It was the Montreal Olympics, whoever everyone that was. Uh, and they told him, well, you know, we think we had better sportscasters. And to see the career he had. And, and everything he was you know, all the, all the events he's called, some of the, the greatest calls you're going to hear in in certain sport. Uh, the plays, I mean, you know, the kick six, uh, the Hail Mary in Tennessee, Georgia this year, you know, Tigers hole out in the Masters and you want to say, it was 2001. You know, I, I'm going to miss here in Vern. Uh,
1: how about and the, I it was how about the kick
0: six? How about the kick I six and it? the uh, prayer Jordan-Hare?
1: Oh, Prairie Jordan-Hare.
0: Yeah, he was there, and he was like, oh, my God,
1: he said. And And I love how he called it.
2: Because, so so Vern learned something that Chris Collinsworth said it took him a couple years to learn uh, when he started working at Al Michaels, and that is sometimes you have to let the crowd speak. And Vern would say something like, oh, my goodness, and then sit there and let you hear the crowd. Unless you hear the roar and the enthusiasm and the energy, or unless you hear the dead silence, and it—he—he he did it right, and I appreciate what he brought to college football on Saturdays. I really do.
0: Okay, and I don't understand why Alabama fans hate him so much. Hell, he's on their bandwagon most of the time. I mean. Him and Gary Danielson are Nick Saban worshipers. I mean, why, does that, why do Alabama fans have a problem with it? I mean, listening to the game, you would think that he was tearing Alabama apart these stupid fans that they have. But he never did that to them. I like, I like Gary Danielson, too, okay. But, I mean, he is a little Alabama homer, I have to admit. Uh, but, I mean, he does a good job. You know, better than in Herb Street calling Ohio State, a lot better
2: than that. Well, I heard an interesting quote from Alan Michaels, who I respect and is on the same pedestal in my eyes as Byrne. And he said, if you're calling a game right, both fan bases will think you're biased against both of them. If you're calling a game right, both fan bases will think that you you are 100% against them, that you hate their team, and there's nothing good about them. And Vern was able to do that because Alabama fans would hate when he called a game. The Florida fans would hate it. LSU fans would hate it because he was all, always biased against their team. In all reality, he didn't have a bias. Vern Lundquist was a Cowboys fan. You know what I mean? like that, that, that's, how, that's how he made his entrance to, to football. Vern has been around way too long for me, for me to sit here and listen to somebody say he likes this team more than any other. No, he was good at what he did.
0: What a game for him to go out yesterday. Think about that. Army breaking the streak. Donald Trump there, the tribute they gave him, his last words. I mean, it was a perfect day to burn like this. CBS, all the SEC schools did a great job of showing burn the love that he actually deserved. He, he earned it. And uh, speaking of earned, the Rams suck. Uh, they're down 42 to nothing trying to score in the third quarter. How bad of a team are they? Good yes, Lord. And rumor is Jim Harbaugh could be heading to the Rams. Have you heard that rumor?
2: (laughs) That rumor is about as ridiculous as Harbaugh's going to the Packers. Uh, Harbaugh's not going to the Rams. Let's, let's, Let's cut that now. All right, so Fisher was interesting. He said, you know, we look good in practice. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody shot back with, well, you know, they don't play games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Maybe you can petition the NFL to do so. But they don't play the games in those days. And not for nothing but, wow, your offense looks good against your defense or your defense looks good against your offense. I'm stunned and appalled that part of your team looked good in practice or that your ones look good against your twos. That is amazing to me. Who would have thought the Rams are a joke of an organization right now and their fan base deserves better? The LA fans deserve better than the garbage put in front of them right now because that's disgusting. Cronky has a horrible owner for just for what he is allowing to happen to the Rams, and people forget he actually owns a hockey team in Colorado, and they're they're a complete disaster right now. So now for they could have them. Dak
0: Prescott. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, they could have somebody running that team. I mean, they, they, they drafted a terrible quarterback. Terrible. They yeah. have one of the best that, running backs in the NFL, and
2: they suck. You know the Fisher thing's interesting because, um, I mean, the 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 golf thing because it all indications from what I understand is that Fisher never really wanted him. <laughs> to be to be honest, um, you know, and the Ram, the the Rams spent so much, so many of the drafts trying to build a team around, and then put a quarterback in place. And they would have been better off going and getting a uh, a free agent. Um, yep. You know, like maybe, I mean, maybe, not Osweiler uh, he's terrible, maybe. but maybe
1: they could have got Sam Bradford.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, Sam Bradford he's wonderful. I mean, good lord. Okay, a wow, Minnesota won today. Congratulations, you beat
0: Jacksonville. Who did they be? Yeah. Who did they be? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah exactly. Terrible, like
0: terrible.
2: come on, ten Blake Bortles has ten career wins. I mean don't don't hang that win uh, above the mantle place, guys. Uh you know, you, you they you they hung around you and it, it it's it's a mess. The Vikings are not a good team.
0: Um I wish Sunny yeah, would call in. Sonny hmm. said Carolina sucked as a the team. They said they they suck to the team. And do you think Carolina's going to the same level as Cleveland, Jacksonville, San Fran, the Rams, do you really honestly think that they suck as a team or they just struggle right now?
2: Carolina's got a lot of bad parts on that team. Let's be honest. They have a terrible offense do, but,
0: but do they suck, though? I mean, when you look at talent, you don't have a team, quarterbacks, like Cam Newton and Luke Keefer, the player on defense, and so you saw. Like, you don't put them in the same category with the Browns and, and people like that. Well, you know they're terrible, and there's nothing you can do. Well, to me, Carolina, last year, they were like plus 15 in turnovers. This year, they're negative. I mean, their offensive line is garbage at times. You know, Cam doesn't do something. The can not as well either, and I think it's to do with what you said too with Lamar Jackson's problems? Maybe your offensive line is not as good as you as you were was hoping. And I I said that after the Denver game last year. i like, they need to help on that defensive line or, or offensive line. Or they're going to get killed. So I think people smart defense coordinators figured them out, didn't they? Yeah, I
2: mean there's levels in the NFL this year, right? And you have your absolute oh my goodness, these teams should be relegated. Um, and that's your Jets, your 49ers, your Browns, your Bears. Like these teams are just garbage. You have your teams that are bad, and the Panthers are a bad team. There's no I mean, there's no other way of putting it. They're they're a bad, you know, the Bengals and the Panthers are almost in the same boat where it's like they were, they've were been good. You expect good things from them. And this year, everything that could go wrong kind of went wrong. Um,
0: for the mm-hmm. Bengals,
2: it was more injuries. For the Panthers, it was, well, he ain't got no secondary. You ain't getting no pass rush. You ain't got no offensive line.
0: So, you don't lose. That's how this works. Your quarterback's been nailed. Your quarterback's been nailed 150 times in the first three games.
2: I mean, I don't, I don't think the Panthers are a good team right now. Um, I don't think they're talented enough. If even if they were healthy, I don't know if they were, if they're talented enough to win the division. Uh, I, I think that they're. There are some real issues in that organization, and I think there are some real issues with players on the team um and they they need to go ahead and do an overhaul uh, on on the offensive line at defensive end uh, and in the secondary they really do they they need to bring in fresh blood, and you know what the the problem is is that they're they're a little tight on the salary cap luckily it's going to go up from one hundred and fifty five to one hundred and sixty three million next year, so you're going to have a little extra spending money
0: um but they need a coach. i mean, they need a coach they need a coach.
2: You know, you say this, and it's like Ron Rivera didn't win three straight divisions. Ron Rivera didn't take that team to the Super Bowl last year. Like, no, nah, no, nah, none of that happened. Like, come on now. Come on. Don't, don't, don't play this game.
0: They won the NFC last
2: year. What more do you
0: want to do? Well, he wasn't a
2: detriment.
0: Well, I've just never been impressed with him. Never been impressed with him. And you know, I've never well, said know, that on this show. You I've know, you, impressed cannot be
2: impressed. you cannot be impressed, but you can't deny that, he, you know, three division championships and NFC championship, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, th- those are things that you can't just, you know, overlook and say, oh, well, you know, he's never been really that good of a coach. Because th- there's your track record right there. You know, yeah. There's a blip on the radar, and obviously the GM needs to sit there, look in the corner, and go, "Oops, I kind of left him with nothing at some key positions." I mean, who's your left tackle? Can you name him?
0: Can you name your left tackle? Can you name your I center because Khalil's
2: not playing? Why,
0: can you why, name the cornerback? Exactly. I don't. I think the backup got
2: hurt too. That, that's my point. Like, the, you can There are players on this team at very important positions you don't know, you've never heard of. You didn't hear about them on a college level. You, didn't, you haven't heard about them on a pro level. And now they're in there. You might know their names shortly because of how bad they're playing. I mean, think about how good Carolina was last year, and their left tackle was Michael Ower, who, um, not for nothing, but hasn't been very good in his career. Uh, and we saw that in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, I don't think Rivera has done a terrible job. I mean, he, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach. The defense has been pretty good up until this year. And you know this year your defensive ends aren't aren't playing with up to up to the level we are anticipating, and you have no secondary, you have nothing.
0: Yeah, but they're still capable, and and you go back and look at the scores of the games they played in, you go back and look, and you and you watch them play, they're in every game they played except the other night when they played Seattle. Every team has a game like that where they. They just don't play well. They suck. They get blown out. But you look at their schedule, Jonathan, and who they've lost to, who they played. First of all, when you when you play for a Super Bowl, your schedule gets tougher. First of all,
1: mm-hmm. right? that's
0: what they make damn sure of. I mean, that happens, but that that's to be that's to be expected. You know that's going to happen. Why didn't Carolina make the key? acquisition in the offseason. Why didn't they build that offensive line the way they're supposed to? I mean, do they think Cam Newton was just going to come in there with a cape and fly and win? I mean, that defense was amazing last year for Carolina, amazing. Mm -hmm. It's dropped off significantly. The offensive line was not great last year, but it was better than this year where they were able to run the ball and play action pass. So, Rob Rivera, who's responsible for that? Well, the
2: general manager, that's his job is to go get you the players. Well, um, well, and, and, yeah, you and I input. don't know. Of course you have input, but the GM's still got to go get them. And I don't know what the cap situation was. I know Carolina had some really bad cap situations in years prior. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they didn't have their full complement of draft picks uh, uh, last year because of some of the trades they made before. Uh, you know, they, let's not forget that they took a defensive tackle in the first round. Let's not forget that. You have Lutelli. You have um, uh, what's his name? Um, Kwon Short. So you took yeah. Vernon Butler. Yeah. Like, bruh. You couldn't use an offensive lineman there? You couldn't use a cornerback. You let Josh Norman walk because you thought his contract demands were ridiculous. Which, I mean, it's not like he's having the best season ever in Washington, but he's better than the scrubs you're throwing out there now. I think the GM made some poor moves. Um, mm-hmm. and at the At the end of the day, that's Really, nothing new for Carolina. They've they've always had a general manager who seems to not really do the best with what he should be able to accomplish.
0: Um,
2: so I don't blame Rivera for this. Maybe Cam,
0: maybe Cam will maybe Cam will get out of there. they will get traded to a better team with a with a better GM. Because you're right, the GM. Do you have a bad organization like the, the Rams? I mean, do you, do you expect the Rams anytime soon under his leadership to be able, with Fisher or without Fisher? Do you expect them to be competing for a Super Bowl anytime soon? You know,
2: Not until they get a, a whole new change uh, at, at the top. I, I think they need uh, a full-on change of management. Um, you know, all, right, so, all right, I'm a Bucs fan. If anybody knows about bad management, it's me. Alright, let me let me put that out there. I, I, I sat through Mark Dominic who didn't know how to draft. Okay, we thought he did, he didn't. Lovey Smith decided to play GM for a year and that backfired like nobody's business. So I under you know, and if you look at the Bucks history, bad draft picks, bad draft picks, bad draft picks, it, it, it's it's a running thing. I mean Rich McKay uh did a really <laughs> did a subpar job on a lot of his picks. People forget like, oh well look what the Bucks got in Brooks and Seth. Yeah, that was Sam Weiss. Like, Sam Weiss helped build the foundation of this team with Lynch, Sapp, and Brooks. So, I mean, I've sat through and I've witnessed some horrible management, and that and you understand looking at it when you see it. And I see it in St. Louis. I see it in Carolina. I've seen it in Miami, you know, where, where teams just, they tend not to know what they're doing. Baltimore is starting to fall down a little bit of this slippery slope with Newsom. Newsome. Um, the Browns have always had issues. You know, bad teams will always be bad, is what a lot of people say. I, don't, I try to believe that's not true, especially when you bring in new ownership. But you look at a team like the Browns who can't do anything right. I mean, nothing right. Every draft has been a joke. I, I, I have said, and I will stick to this, give me three years of being the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, and I will build you a winner. Gar- not, I'm not guaranteeing a certain bone three years, but in my third year, I will, after my third year, I'll put together a competitive team. And I will guarantee you that within 10 years of me being a a general manager, we will, will play for a Super Bowl. Because they just don't know what the hell they are doing.
0: Well, well, let's look at Carolina just for a second, since we were talking about them. They started the year off at Denver, lost by one point. In a game, they Uh controlled the entire way. They beat San Francisco Okay, now here's where they lost their season. You tell me if this is where they lost their season. They lost to Minnesota at home. They were at home. They lost to Minnesota. They lost to Atlanta on the road. They lost to Tampa Bay at home without Cam on Monday night. Then they lost by three to New Orleans on the road. Those four in a row just killed their season. Had they won two of those four, you're looking at a playoff team. That's how close yep. it is right now for Carolina. That's, I mean, you've got to beat be Tampa right there. At that time, Tampa wasn't a good football team. Tampa's a good well, team were,
2: now. Y'all weren't going to win that game with Derek Anderson.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I mean, still, it was the final was seventeen fourteen. I mean, and then the following week, Cam comes back and they lose by three. 41-38, The defense couldn't stop anybody, but Cam lit it up, and then they beat Arizona. Then they beat, they, get some, they beat the Rams, they got something going, and then they lose to the Kansas City at home. They choke a 20-6 lead. I think it's 20-3. to Then they beat New Orleans. Last week they went to Oakland and lost 35-32. Should have won that game. So that's what I'm talking about. Does the team suck? No. I mean, they're barely losing some of these games. If you suck, well, go to the Cleveland Browns schedule and look at the scores of their game. That's a sucky team. Carolina's a couple – games and turns away from being a playoff team right now. That's all I'm
2: saying. Well, yeah, I mean, Ka- Ka- Carolina, it seems like whenever the offense shows the defense takes the day off and, and vice versa, uh, you know, I mean, you don't <laughs> exactly. know how bad the Browns are. Um, anybody, I mean, if, if you told me Cleveland was at San Francisco and San Francisco was laying seven points, I'm laying the seven points. That's how bad Cleveland is. I have them on auto uh, fade. Uh, Like, you know, this week, oh, well, we're playing Cincinnati. This could be a trap game for the Bengals. The Browns are coming off a bye. I'll lay (laughs) 10, they won by 13. Like, bang. (laughs) I mean, come on. Going into the year, I had the Browns winning one game. That's what I capped their win total at was one. Think about that for a minute. With Carolina, I thought that'd be better. I didn't take into account some of the losses. In Carolina, you know, it's just a bad year. I don't think you fire the coach. Uh, I think that, that would be a, a rash decision because who are you going to play him with? Realistically, realistically, who are you going
1: to play him with?
2: Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Uh, he ain't coming. Next.
0: I'm joking. But look at the look, Cleveland, uh, rest of their schedule right here. They go to Buffalo next week. Not going to be Lost. pretty, probably. They, they got San Diego at all. Lost. Lost and then they go to Pittsburgh again. They're going to be winning this
2: year. They're not going to win a game. You know, let me say this. They could beat Buffalo <laughs> next week. And the only reason they could beat Buffalo is because I heard rumblings today that Buffalo is getting ready to fire Rex Ryan and that they're getting ready to start Cardell Jones at quarterback. Cardell Jones, against a team that just fired their coach, against Cleveland, could lead to a Cleveland victory. That's the only shot Cleveland has in all reality, and it's not even like Buffalo played you know, terrible today. No,
0: Ram, You know what Buffalo's problem is? They're in the division with Belichick and Brady. That's their problem. Yep. That's it's in their head. I mean, it's like that's in their head. They beat New England sixteen to nothing. They beat Arizona. They beat the Rams. They beat San Francisco. They beat Cincinnati on the road, but they just can't put it together consistently. They had a four-game winning streak, and they had a three-game losing streak, a two-game winning streak, now they're on a two-game losing streak. I mean, it's just like this team is bipolar. The definition of bipolar is Buffalo Bills. They're sitting at six and seven right now. They're bipolar. They have a bipolar coach. I mean, he's a good coach, I think, in some ways. Sometimes he's a good coach because he's not intimidated by anyone, you know? It's just like He's cocky, he's arrogant. I like that about him, but you make some decisions, just scratching your head. Kind of like Cam Newton going to football sometimes. You're like, what are you doing, man? Rex Ryan's biggest problem I... is that
2: Rex Ryan doesn't realize he's a, he should be nothing more than a defensive coordinator, and he'd be a great defensive coordinator. Rex Ryan's problems are the same problems that anybody had. Buddy was a great defensive coordinator, not a good head coach. And that's re- Rex is, I'd say, an average head coach. But at this point, if you were, if Rex were to be fired and you were to hire him as head coach, you're making a mistake. You are. I mean, you can't bring in a guy on a third try and say third time's a charm with him. He's going to figure it out this time. No, no. Rex is already Rex. Um, you know, I think if Rex Ryan, if he, if if he knows what's best for him career wise, and if he still wants to coach, if he were to get fired again, he would uh, go ahead and be a defensive coordinator somewhere. He's a great defensive coordinator. He is. We saw what he did at Buffalo. He's excellent. We saw the defense he built with the Jets. It it was excellent. So, I mean, they just, you know, you know, nobody in the AFC East has a shot until Belichick's gone. And I think they've all kind of come to terms with that. And that's not a great mentality to have, but it's the the, 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 the realistic mentality you need to have.
0: It doesn't matter, crazy or not, does it? Oh well, well. (laughs) you
2: know
0: they they won really without him. I mean, they won really without him. They had their third-string quarterback in blowing people out. It's like, okay, I mean, you know, I, I just look at this division for the the NFC South, and you see the Falcons and the the Bucks. They're the class of this right now, and I don't think people saw it coming. I think. A lot of people thought Carolina was going to do what they were going to do. I think some people thought Buffalo was going to be able to come in and sneak in on the Patriots with Brady suspended four games. it just didn't happen. I think people after they saw him start three and one without Brady. They're just like, okay, we're done. Okay. We we, we give up. I think the Patriots beat yeah. teams before they even start the game, honestly. I do.
2: I agree. I, I, th- I think the Patriots do have a psychological edge o- over uh, 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 most the NFL. Um, I mean, we saw them go eleven and five with Matt Castle. We saw them start the year three one with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and Jacoby Brissett. You know, th- this is a team that it seems like they can plug any quarterback they want in, uh, and they're going to win. I mean, people forget that two thousand one run when they won the first Super Bowl. Um, Brady wasn't even the quarterback for the whole year. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, for the playoff run, it was Drew Bledsoe who started that AFC Championship game, not Tom Brady. Um, you know, so I, I think Belichick has has developed a, a perfect system um, to which you can kind of plug and play guys time and time again, and you're going to keep winning. And, and that's something that I don't think's going to change uh, for, for, for a while now. I don't see Belichick retiring really anytime soon.
0: I mean, he's, he's just getting started, honestly. He's like, he's like Saban. He's got 10 more years easy. Easy. I mean, Saban looks young, doesn't he? I mean, you look at him on the side of life, he, he's got fire and energy in him, and, and he he's a type that, when he retires, it'll be on his terms when he's ready to go out, and uh, I love it that he's at Alabama because it means Auburn's going to have to be on their day in order to win. You know, you can't you can't rest on your laurels, really. You can't really get comfortable when Nick Saban in the division, and he's winning every SEC title, and it's it's good right now. I'm happy, happy for him. that they, they've done a great job, but I'm also happy that my team is getting better too, John, and and uh, fighting hard to get up to that level. And that's hard to do. It's hard to be on top when your rival is on top isn't it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously something that I've experienced with Florida State. <laughs> you know, with uh, with Florida and Miami. Uh, you know, and right with now with Clemson, I mean. Florida owns you.
0: Florida owns you. Uh huh. <laughs> um, you, <laughs> you know, Clemson James has won back
2: to back ACC titles now. They've won back to back years against Florida State. Uh, they won a game in Tallahassee. I still contest that decision, but whatever. Um,. So, you know, you, you look at it, and it it makes Florida State better in the long run, just like you were talking, because if Clemson's better and that's a team you have to play every year, well, then you have to bring your level of play up. But if Clemson was still, you know, lackluster like they were at the end under Bowden, um, you, you know, Florida State doesn't necessarily have to raise their level of play. Uh, they know they can beat them just by getting, you know, showing up. Uh, just like, well, we kind of can with Florida now. <laughs> so, you know, I, it, it, it's, uh, you know, for Clemson to be good, and it's interesting, because I heard Dabo, and he's like, Sean Watson's the most disturbing player in the ACC. You know, uh, we're playing in the uh, playoff for the first, you know, back-to-back years, and we won the ACC for the first time back-to-back years since, I want to say it was like the 50s. I could be wrong, but I want to say he said it was like 56-57. Uh, was the last time they went back to back, maybe 86, 87, I think it was. And I just kind of chuckled because like uh, Florida State joined not too long after that and uh, just ran the show. So it's kind of nice that another ACC team decided to step up, especially one that we have to play every year. Um, because we got to yeah. play better, we got to recruit better, we got to coach better, we got to be
0: better. Well, I'm really I'm tired of hearing you out there bashing the SEC right now. By the way, I've got a bone to pick with you right here. Jonathan and Brian head to head, you know, talking bad about Auburn, getting into the Sugar Bowl, you know, with four losses, but who else is going to go? And you look at Florida State, they're in that same boat, really. Three losses in the ACC is like six in the SEC, so, I mean, what's your point? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: Brian, look, each of our teams is in the top, Is in you know, each of the, uh, I'm
1: happy.
2: The SEC and ACC are the top two conferences in in, in college football, and I don't think it's close. Uh, We're in the Orange Bowl, you're in the Sugar Bowl. That's awesome uh, for both of us, obviously, and what we can say. And we're both
0: underdogs, and we're both going to win outright.
2: Damn straight. That's what's going to happen. Look, my whole point about the SEC being, you know, people are like, was it really a down year? We have 11, you know, we have 12 teams going to bowls. Well, you have 11 uh, who are bowl eligible, so let's start there. Um, Mississippi State got in because of a good APR. Go figure, Mississippi, uh, a school in the state of Mississippi with a good academic 12. rating. Um, you know, go go figure. You know, yeah, I mean, I know Mississippi State's going to a and because they have good academics. They're 5-7. Let's, let's not forget that. Uh, even if they win, the record. Um, You know, nobody else in the SEC has more than nine wins, more than eight wins, other than Alabama. And to me, that that tells you the SEC did have a down year. It didn't. You can't honestly tell me that the SEC had a great team in Alabama and then they had, you know, ten good teams that just ate each other alive. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna tell you what happened to the SEC. I'm gonna tell you what happened. If the quarterback play is so young in the SEC, and if you look around, and there, yeah, you have to where, where Dobbs is a senior, but you, you have a lot of a lot of quarterback issues. You have some, I mean, the best athletes in the world are in the SEC and the ACC. I mean, it, it's proven. You can watch football games and look at the speed of games and defenses and see that. But the SEC this year, what happened was there wasn't a quarterback that was built good enough to be able to beat the Alabama machine. And then what happens when you have these freshman quarterbacks, you have Georgia, freshman quarterback, South Carolina finally turned into the freshman. Auburn didn't have a quarterback. Ole Miss had a good quarterback. So we had Chad Kelly. And I wouldn't even say Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. He's a freshman as well. And you just have a lot of quarterbacks that were unproven early besides Chad Kelly and – the kids from Tennessee, those are the only two solid quarterbacks coming into this year you have. Jalen Hurts was oh. surprised. So so the SEC being down, I, I just say wait to the bowls and see. Next year is the year, if you think the SEC is down, just wait to next year and watch them play and see. And you have these quarterbacks, upperclassmen now a little bit more, with the, the recruiting classes coming in. It's just the Big Ten thinks they're going to catch up. They're insane. They're not catching up. I don't – the ATC I can, I can actually listen to. I can see it on the field with my eyes. I see it in the in Princeton, Florida State. I see it. And even with Ohio State and Michigan, the problem with them is, yeah, they're good. Wisconsin shows you Penn State, yeah, they're, they've they got great records. But look at the middle and bottom of the conferences, how bad they are. I mean, i are talking about terrible. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Ohio State can go – and Penn State can go 10-2. and It's because nobody else can beat them except that there's four teams in the Big Ten, and that's it. Everybody else has no shot to beat those four teams, where in the SEC you have one team that's great, and the rest of them can beat the other ones. That doesn't mean that the SEC is bad. It means it has a lot of parity in it right now. But I guarantee you, when these bowl games roll out, you're going to see the SEC with a winning record, Jonathan. And it's usually the SEC teams are playing better teams in other conferences in these bowl games. Look, Auburn's another dog in, in the Sugar Bowl. Alabama's the only favorite in one of the big bowls. Florida's even favored over Iowa. Terrible. And they're playing favorite Island. over the team to beat Michigan. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I'm not sitting there telling you Iowa's good. I'm just yeah, saying I mean, that's a team that beat, beat Michigan. I'll, I just want to go through the point spreads real quick, and you, you look at the SEC when they're playing. Let's just go through them real quick. Mississippi State shouldn't even be below in a 13-point favor. Vanderbilt. Oh, against Miami, Ohio. Come on. <laughs>
2: come on. You can't omit
1: the team now.
0: Come on. Vanderbilt's a four-and-a-half point underdog to NC State. I think that's warranted. I don't think Vanderbilt leaving in a bowl game is going to surprise anybody, uh, especially not me. But could they win that game? Of course. Um, well, A&M is is only favored two over Kansas State. Maybe I'm maybe I'm losing <laughs> my argument right here, just talking right here. Maybe I need to <laughs> shut up. <for> <laughs> uh, South, South Carolina's a ten and a half point dog to South Florida. Wow. <laughs> Arkansas is a seven point underdog to Virginia Tech. Uh, Georgia is the favorite, though, over TCU. Hold on. Georgia is a favorite. Tennessee is a favorite over Nebraska. LSU is <laughs> favorite over Louisville. Kentucky another dog with Georgia Tech. Maybe maybe the SEC does that. Maybe I'm wrong.
2: <laughs> I, I, I love the moment of, oh, crap. that <laughs> you just had the, that's what Yeah, exactly. Oh. I'm,
0: I'm like, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, hey! At
0: least I'm at least I'm honest about it, right? At least I can tell you. Okay, maybe I'm but, but look, let me, tell, anyway, let, me, know me let
2: me let me just break this down as easy as possible for all your SEC people out there.
0: <laughs> Who are going to try and bash me? And I'm not an SEC person. I'm not an SEC person, by the way. Just so you know.
2: Or a fan of a school in the SEC. Let me add that qualifier then. Yes, your conference is down. The SEC, as a as a conference, had a down year. It, the direct correlation to that is quarterback play. It, it, it wasn't good defense. Y'all can try and say well, we play real defense, and there was a lot of good defenses. Man, stop that. When 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 you're playing defense against Austin Appleby, Danny Etling. Whatever kid they were throwing at South Carolina, whatever kid you were throwing out there against, with, with Kentucky, and Vanderbilt, um, you had Austin Allen, who was a first-year. There were a lot of first-time starters. There are going to be issues with that, especially with as many freshmen and redshirt freshmen that played, with as many crap quarterbacks that played. Quarter, yeah, the reason why the SEC looks down this year and why they had a down year is because you didn't have good assistant quarterback play from everybody. You, had The best yep. quarterback going yep. into the year
0: is on a team that finished, what,
2: 4-8 Ole Miss? Think about that. And yep. he got hurt. And Chad
0: Kelly, Chad Kelly. He's the best player in the SEC. Um, no doubt about
2: it. Josh Dobbs was supposed to be good and wonderful and lovely. He didn't really have that good of a year. Tennessee won eight games. Jalen Hurts had a good year for a freshman quarterback. They're undefeated. He's also in Alabama where, you know, Jake Coker won a national title. He couldn't start at Florida State. Blake Sims led the team to the playoff, and he was playing, what, safety the year before? So, I mean, let's let's tamper some of those expectations, okay? If you look at the ACC and you look at the quarterback play, DeAndre Francois, good year. Deshaun Watson, second for the Heisman. Lamar Jackson. Won the Heisman, Mitch Trubisky, very good year, possible first round pick. Brad Kaya, eh, good year. He's going to be drafted uh, probably in the uh, first or second day. Um, you're looking at uh, Gerard Evans at Virginia Tech, who had a good year. Justin Thomas at jo- Justin Thomas at Georgia Tech, who had a good year. The other problem with this, though, why the ACC is probably going to have someone of a down here next year. A lot of the well, a lot of those guys are going to graduate. A lot of those guys are going to the draft. All right, so the certain players who are, like Francois, Florida State should have, should be the favorite in the ACC next year. They should. Because Clemson's losing their quarterback. We really don't know what's going on there. So it's going to come down to Francois against Lamar Jackson, right? Do we all really expect Louisville to uh, make this happen two years in a row? Do you think they're going to come down to Tallahassee <laughs> and win next year after what they did? Uh-uh. I'll, 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 <laughs> call, I'll pump brakes on that right now. So quarterback play is what dictates whether your conference had a good or bad year. That's what, whether it had a, a positive or a down year. And the SEC did not have good, consistent quarterback play. Next year should be better, barring a couple schools. <laughs> Florida. Um, you know, Other than that, the SEC really will look like a good, dominant conference again next year. And the biggest issue that you're going to have, is that some team, you're gonna have Alabama who's, you know, probably gonna win, you know, let's say ten games, uh, ten or more games. You're gonna have Auburn who's gonna win, let's say, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games. You know, LSU could win a bunch of games. You're gonna have certain teams that are gonna kinda of run the show. And your bad teams that snuck into the bowl games this year, like South Carolina, like Mississippi State, like Vanderbilt, like Kentucky, are gonna slide back again. They are. That's
0: just yeah. gonna they're gonna slide a great, that's on back. A great again. Analysis that's a great analysis because when, when you see teams like South Carolina, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, making bowl games, that means that they beat, they had to beat other SEC teams, right? Really. I mean, you, I mean it, it really, that's what it means. And, um, Ole Miss finishing two and six, then you make a bowl game, um, the Vanderbilt getting a bowl game, Kentucky, when Kentucky's making a New Year's Day bowl, you know your conference may have had a down year. <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> job, Jonathan. You're right. But, but Spurrier said it best. Spurrier said it best. I mean, if you have a good quarterback, you're probably going to have a good year. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're probably not going to have a good year. And if you look at Auburn, they had somewhat of a quarterback healthy for most of the year. They got the eight wins, which was – Big I mean Honestly You look at With, with average two, quarterback play You finish 8-4 Yeah You finish 8-4 With average quarterback play You beat Arkansas By 53 Makes me question How good Arkansas is You, mm-hmm. you, you go to Oxford You beat Ole Miss I mean it's just uh, It's a lot of if There's Alabama I'm going to group These teams for you There's Alabama's The A class Okay There's the A class There's no other A class In the SEC Right now In the B class I think, talent-wise, just looking at it on paper and and watching TV, you have Auburn, you have LSU, and you have Texas A&M right there. I think those three schools right there. And A&M's got it on paper. They got the quarterback. I'm giving them that because when their quarterback was healthy, they looked a lot better. But then you have the C-class where you have Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas. And then, normally, you have the B-class, which – Usually, is Vanderbilt and Kentucky and South Carolina. But guess what? That B class played bowl games this year. Yeah,
2: no, you know, I've always said the number of teams you get in the bowl games is not always the best indication of how good your conference is. It's not because you have teams that go two and six in conference, but they went four and zero oh non-conference. I mean, you know, I, I looked at it and I'm like, well, think about the so That was games so last talk-
1: year. That was right,
2: Auburn last right. year. <laughs> So, like, you compare, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, 3-5. well, look at the ACC and the SEC. Well, you know, the SEC is better. Okay, well, the ACC went 6-3 and three against the SEC. Florida State beat uh, Florida and Ole Miss. Clemson beat Auburn and South Carolina. Georgia Tech beat Vanderbilt and Georgia. I mean, cool. It just so happens that Clemson's in the playoff. Florida State won nine games. And uh, Georgia Tech won eight. So it's like, okay, so I, I, I'm going to put a little more weight, I guess, if you will, into that. But when you have 6-6 six six teams getting in because they went 4-0 oh non-con, I think you have issues. Um, if you have a bunch of teams that went 4-4 four and four in conference, I think you have some issues. It, it's almost better to have the Big Ten model or the Pac-12 model, not the Big 12, because that's just ugly. But the, back tw- but the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are so top-heavy. They are. They're extremely top-heavy. But that tell you know, and, and when you look at it at first, you're like, "That's a good conference because they have multiple good teams." You know, you have Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and Wisconsin. You know, who all won double digit games. Good teams. Um, you have uh, teams like Nebraska and Minnesota who won eight games. You're like, okay, well, they're average. That's, that's just good. You had a couple six-win teams. You're like, okay, well, they're right there, like Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, and you had some crap.
1: Um,
2: you know, when you look at that, and you're like, see, I, I, that might be a good conference because it looks like they have multiple good teams, and I think that's something that people need to keep an eye on, and that's why people think the Big Ten's better than it really is. The problem with the Big Ten is they really only have no. like four good teams. They, in all reality, they, they only have four good teams.
0: They don't, yeah, they don't play that week-to-week, and I know you don't like me saying this, but when you watch SEC football, it is, a, it is a car wreck every play up front. And I don't think people appreciate that, that's never played the game or watch it. But you watch the Big 12, and that's why I like Auburn over Oklahoma Johnson is when you watch them play, there's never a pass rush, there's never a receiver that's not 10 yards wide open. So if you have a good quarterback that can throw it deep, you're going to look good, like Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a good football team. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but I'm just saying. I think people look at that. Oh, they went undefeated in the Big Twelve. Well, how they do out of conference when they went out and played? Uh, I think Ohio State's an average team, Jonathan. I'm sorry, they're they're an average mm-hmm. team. They got beat in Norman by an average team. They got beat by Houston, which is an average team. But then they go and go undefeated in this conference, where well, you got. I mean, I'm serious. Kansas State eight and four, TCU six and six, West Virginia went ten and two overall. I mean, really, they suck. Oklahoma State nine and three in co- overall seven and two in conference. I just think when you look at the Big Twelve, Johnson, I have every right to think that an Auburn team that's run the gauntlet through twelve tough games without a, court, a healthy quarterback when they get healthy they're going to be able to physically dominate a team like Oklahoma. Now, if this was Auburn playing, you know, Michigan or somebody, it may not be as pretty, you know, because Michigan plays physical football. Or if Auburn was playing um, Florida State or someone, you, you don't have that advantage. But when you go out and play in the Big 12 and you get to play Oklahoma, I think that's where Auburn and SEC or an ACC team have the advantage over them, just like Clemson last year. Oklahoma was like a six point favorite over Clemson. And we're sitting there scratching our head, like, hold on a minute. Clemson's 13 and 0. How do they underdog to Oklahoma? And, physically, and Clemson out there physically dominated a lot of scrimmage and beat them pretty good. And, that, and that's why I'm give, no, give the Big Twelve zero zero respect whatsoever. I mean, what about you? Do you get them? I think they're the worst conference out of the Power Five. I really good.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> I think the fact 12 is number four. I think the Big Ten is number three. Um, and, you know what, you could actually make a debate that the ACC, uh, AAC, I apologize, the AAC could uh, be number five. I yeah. mean, there, there was a conversation not too long ago when Boise State and Utah and TCU were in the Mountain West that they might be better than the Big 12. I mean, that was a legit conversation in my eyes. Um, And and I I don't think that's really changed. A lot of the perception of the Big 12 has to do with Texas not being that good. But it also has a lot to do with West Virginia was their third best team, and (laughs) they didn't show up against Oklahoma. You know, they they got handed by Oklahoma State. Um, and, and then your middle tier teams, like a TCU, like a Baylor, um, they, like a Kansas State, they they they, were, they never really were a threat to the boys up top. Um, yeah. You know, if you uh, so another way I want to look at this, and this doesn't tell you who necessarily the best conferences always are because you need to see how they perform in the pros. But look at which conferences produce more draft picks. Um, especially day one and day two picks. And that'll kind of the it ACC.
0: towards
2: every, it seems like every time. You know, the Big Ten used to dominate it. There's no doubt about it. Um, when Ohio State and Michigan were really on top. Um, and that's when you could realistically say that the Big Ten was one of the best conferences in the country. Now it's really those two. And the bigger thing here is um, not for nothing, but Where's the most recruiting talent? It's in the southeast. So those two yeah. conferences should be better. I mean you're bet the, the, Here's the, deal. the Nobody
0: wants to go up north and play in the snow, do they? Nobody wants to go play in the snow and in the cold weather. Nobody.
2: Not unless you're from there. Not not unless you're from there and you're used to it. And, I mean, you know
0: It's true. Speeds in the South yeah, and, and L S U struggles L S U struggles sometimes. Obviously the recruits say I would love, or who was it? The guy from Michigan, Sabrell Pepper, said he would have went to LSU, gone to LSU and not been so damn hot, he said. <laughs> and he's right. I went to Baton Rouge and I was like, the devil's got to be right around here because I've I never experienced heat like this before. <laughs> it, it's terrible. I mean, seriously, yeah. I, I live in Atlanta and it's hot. It's bad.
1: But you get oh, down to Daniel. Mississippi
0: the Southern parts so and you go to Baton Rouge, I mean, it's bad. It is nasty bad, but um, what I wanted to talk about really tonight, too, was, you know, when I said Ohio State's an average football team, Jonathan, I'm not just saying that to get ratings or to get people to listen. I honestly, I don't think Penn State belongs in the playoff. I think their fate would be getting killed. But I think Michigan is the best team in the Big Ten. If I had to put money on it and, and you had a gun mm-hmm. to my head, I'm putting, I'm putting them as the best team in the Big Ten. But Ohio State, I still don't understand why the committee had them locked into the playoffs like they did. I, I just don't understand. When I look at it, I don't understand how they're favored over Clemson. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm missing something about them. I just, If they play Alabama, they're going to get beat by 40. And I just don't know why the world's in love with Ohio State right now. I read these message boards with Ohio State fans, how cocky they are. But, Jonathan, what am I missing about Ohio State? What makes – Convince me that Ohio State will beat Clemson and win the national championship this year and beat Alabama. Because I just can't do it.
2: I mean, you're really the wrong guy to ask that because I, I don't think they're better than Michigan either. Um, and I think they're going to get uh, manhandled by Clemson. But, so if I had to make an argument, um, they, they're right up there in recruitment with Alabama. No doubt about it. Clearing away, Alabama's number one. Ohio State's number two as so far as recruiting goes. Um, Ohio State defensively has a great secondary. Uh, they they get really good linebacker play. Um, their offensive well, no, their offensive line gets pushed around. Uh, they got some speed at some of the skill positions, not like they really use it that much. Boy, I'm having a hard time creating an argument because JT Barrett is not that good well, a quarterback.
0: Well, I have Big E on the line right now, and and Big E, I don't know how much of this you've heard, but.
2: I'm having problems
0: just thinking of Ohio State in the playoff right now, and, and their favorite three-and-a-half over Clemson. The committee loved them all. I mean, I just don't understand. What what do you think of Ohio State? What are the chances to beat Clemson in Alabama? Because these, these Ohio State fans are very cocky right now, and they actually think they have a chance to win the championship. And
1: I don't think they get past Clemson. Maybe I'm missing something. Well, I like Clemson also, but – they won't beat Alabama unless Alabama gives them the wild game. They can't protect their quarterback, and of course that's Alabama's strength on defense is getting to the quarterback. So, and Alabama's offensive line's gotten better constantly throughout the year. Um, and they're running the football who, who better. Who matches up better with Alabama? Who matches up better I, with Alabama? Michigan or Ohio State? I I personally think it's Washington. Uh, I don't think I don't think they're yeah. big enough, but I, I think I think they play. Uh, a better team game than either of the other two. Uh, I don't think they match up well defensive line-wise against the offensive line, and I don't think they match up offensive line-wise, defensive line, which to me is always the key. I think we've talked about that in the past. It, you got to look at the offensive line and defensive line and see, see where you stand there, because if you can't protect and you can't run, uh, it's going to be hard to score. And if you can't stop the run... But who, but who and, matches up? Who matches
0: up better with you, Ohio State or Michigan, though, do you think? Who, who in your mind is the best team in the Big Ten? i
1: I'm like you. I kinda, I like, I'm like y'all. I kind of think it's Michigan. Well, you know, I don't know. Penn State's gotten better and better since their first loss. So, I, I would say that Penn State would come closer to matching up better with Alabama than, than Ohio State would because it, at least they have hey. – a dominant running back. Um, yeah, I mean, Ohio State's running game is not nothing like it was when they had Elliott. It's nothing like it was, and and they can't th- they yeah, can't yeah. throw the ball deep. So I mean, I, I would say it would be Penn State or Michigan because I, I think Michigan matches up better up front, um, defensively and yeah, offensively. Yeah, yeah. They but. Well, Everett, I'm going to run through real quick with you the
0: recruiting classes real quick, just so you can you talk about. It. I always talk about the Jimmy's and Joe's guys, you know, that's what I talk about. Let's compare the last four recruiting classes, Everett, with Washington and Alabama. Here's one, two, one, one. That's family. So three out of the four years, they're number one, seven years, they finish number two. Washington, th- 37, and 18. And I I know you said Washington gives them the best chance to win or the best matchup against Alabama, but just looking at those recruiting classes, I don't think that's the type of team that can beat Alabama. I think the only team that can beat Alabama in this playoff is Clemson because of their recruiting.
1: Well, I I agree. I I didn't say they was going to beat Alabama. I just said they matched up better because of the kind of game that they play. They play a better team game. Uh, If you look at Clemson – you know they depend a lot on one guy, Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's either him making him play with his arm or making him play with his legs. And he's as a special athlete. I personally thought he thought he should have won the Heisman. I know he's had bad games and you know a couple couple times this year, but he is the kind of player that can break down a defense. Um the reason why I said Washington, because of the type of game they play. You know, they they depend more on, you know, getting more than one person to the football on defense. They play more of a team game on defense. Wow. And they do a lot of different things on offense. Uh, as well as, I mean, the quarterback can run. He's not as dynamic as Watson or Jackson or any of those guys. But he he can run enough that he can keep you off balance. and no, I think I think you're right. I think who matches up better, I say Washington because of the team game. But I don't think they can win. I don't think even even then they can they can win the game. Who's got the best chance to beat Alabama's Clemson, in my opinion? Because you know, of Washington.
0: Jonathan Jonathan called it Jonathan called Washington making the playoffs preseason. So Jonathan, kudos to you for picking it. Do you think they have any chance to beat Alabama in that first team?
2: I mean, Alabama. Uh, I mean, not Alabama. Washington's secondary is going to have to have the game of their lives. They're going to have to do what they did in, uh, against Colorado, as far as uh, a pick six and a couple more interceptions to put them up in the red zone uh, to uh, realistically have a shot. Uh, I, you know, that's that, that's my belief here. Uh, that you know, they're they're going to have to hope that Jalen Hurts has his his you know a, a true freshman moment. Um, you know, I like Washington's offense. I think Fred Ross uh, is an excellent receiver. He's got great speed. Uh, Dante Pettis is uh, an excellent possession receiver, somebody who isn't afraid to go over the middle, get lit up, and, and get back up. They got a good one-two punch at running back. And they got a quarterback who uh, has shown some uh, some poise and some composure. Granted, November was not his best month by any stretching of the imagination. After that USC loss, he seemed to struggle a little bit. The Colorado game was uh, really bad. Um, but this is a team that they're going to have to take advantage of turnovers uh, if they can force them uh, for them to have a shot. I-, I-, I would say, as I do with every game, um, each team has a 50% chance to win and a 50% chance to lose. Well, that's not
0: true. That's not true. Uh, Appalachian State disagrees. in dome, playing in a dome, does that help Washington against Alabama, you think? No.
2: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. I I just sometimes I wish these playoff games were uh outdoors sometimes. But again, you want you don't want any weather, you don't want anything like that, you want the you don't want any excuses, just just put the best out there, but but Everett Jonathan was telling me before the game he had some good arguments about why the SEC, in his eyes, was, was down this year. Before we go, I'm going to let you get a chance to talk about it. And he's right. The uh, the quarterback play of the SEC this year has not looked up to the high. The There's a lot of underclassmen, a lot of freshmen. Um, the best player in the SEC, quarterback-wise, Ole Miss. He got hurt. Uh, Ole Miss was a dumpster fire. There a lot of freshmen starting in the SEC this year at quarterbacks. That could be the reason why you see Vanderbilt, Kentucky, uh, South Carolina, some of these other teams making bowl games in the SEC this year. Nobody as dominant as Alabama. No quarterback good enough to beat Alabama. So, something at a good point. What do you think?
1: Well, look at Alabama's quarterbacks the last two years. I mean, they wasn't ranked in the top. Three of the of the uh, conference, I don't think. I mean, I, I I personally thought Cooper was a good quarterback. They you know let him have of the course. starting job. I don't think. I don't think we would have lost to Ole Miss if he'd have started. Uh, mm-hmm. But but uh, quarterback plays not always Well, quarterback what. Well, back to the same thing we was just talking about up front, offensive and defensive lines, and uh, I think we'll see that in the bowl games. I think we'll see the SEC win more than they lose, uh, even though they may have a worse record than whoever they're playing. Yeah, you think, I
0: thought I liked I watched the matchups, but there's some that, that I was going through that surprised me, that Arkansas is like a seven, seven and a half point, underdog of Virginia Tech. I just I just don't see that. And we're going to start this week breaking down the bowl games since they start Saturday. But I love Vanderbilt's underdog, Tennessee State. Um, that's what got my attention a little bit. They're four-and-a-half-point dogs. But one thing that really did catch my attention, A&M's only a two-point favorite over Kansas State. Trevor Knight is playing. I think A&M's a lot better team than that. I think they are. South Carolina's a ten-and-a-half-point dog to South Florida. Arkansas, seven point underdog to Virginia Tech. But then when you start getting into the December 30th games, you see Georgia favored one over TCU. You see Tennessee favored three over Nebraska. You see LSU favored three and a half over Louisville. Georgia Tech favored three over Kentucky. Bama, 16 over Washington. But Auburn's an underdog to to Oklahoma. Florida's even a two and a half point favorite over Iowa. So I think some of those games, I'm, I'm talking about them being underdogs, yeah, I think they can win those outright. right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I, I, I think, well, they got 12 teams, right? Yeah, 12. Yeah. I, I think they're, they're going to win at least eight of them. Is that, is that considered good, though, eight and four? I would say so. It's 67%. I mean, first of all, how many other, how many other conferences got that many teams in bowl games? I mean, I mean, if they're so down, why why is the why is the bowls choosing to put these SEC teams in? I mean, why are they picking these SEC teams, even with a Mississippi State with a five and seven? Why didn't they pick somebody else with a six and six or a five and seven record from another conference? You know, I mean, because there was nobody else with a six and six
2: record. I we we hit the point well, in bowl I, games where. Everybody who was six and six got a bowl game, so they went to five and sevens, and five and sevens were decided by APR.
1: So I understand, I understand that, but you could have took somebody from a uh, if you don't like if you think the SEC is so down, why not go to a uh, Mountain West or whatever they're called now and get somebody that's got a uh, uh, or even a even a smaller school. You know, if you if you think the SEC is so down, why you put Why not put South Alabama in there? You know, I mean,
2: APR score because of the APR ratings. The five and well, once you get the five and seven teams, everything's decided by the APR. Mississippi State had the top APR um, uh, go, going in, so they 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 got the edge. I mean, there there was really no deciding on whether or not they were taking a team. Bowl bowl games don't really decide whether or not uh, a team is bowl eligible anymore. They they just decide on which ones they want. Uh, based off of uh, their priority list, so you know Mississippi State got thrown to a bowl game they didn't have a tie into because they were the top five and seventeen. I mean that's that's how that that's how that worked out. I, you know, I, it's it's not well, there it, too many bowl games at this point.
1: If if you well, I agree with that. I've agreed with that for a long time. But if if you think that if you think that, it, it, and here's my thing: why, why not change that? If you think if you think you're putting. You know weaker teams in with losing records. Why not change it and fix it so you can they can ask who they want instead of using APR? I mean, if it's that big of a deal, money. It's money.
2: Well, at that maybe
1: that maybe well, yeah. Everything's driven by that. By the way, yeah, I mean, a tidbit, I'm, just a tidbit, just mm-hmm. real quick. I'm sitting here watching Alabama and Oregon. Alabama's actually tied with Oregon, uh, and with their name really? So yeah. It's for Oregon and Tennessee.
0: Tennessee beat North Carolina today. No,
2: they didn't. North Carolina won that game, 73
0: Well, I thought. Well, I was looking at Tennessee was up by like twenty in the game. Let's and see <laughs> yeah, and they gave uh, up. Florida State beat Florida. Alabama was
1: down sixteen, I think, in this game. Fourteen or sixteen. Everett, so ever What do you think about Auburn's big news this weekend? Getting Garrett
0: on as quarterback. That's big for their program, isn't it? Consider an eight and fourteen without a quarterback. If You put a quarterback in there, it could be, it could be something special brewing in in the plains, there.
1: I told you two weeks ago he was coming to Auburn.
0: Yeah, he's coming. He's bringing hell with him. Okay. And I'm just for just some, he's bringing hell. I'm glad y'all. I'm glad we play y'all in Auburn next year. Thank God. Instead we going to go to Tuscaloosa. And get in Georgia, somehow. So hopefully we can, we can be a good matchup for you next year. If we get lucky. Well,
1: one thing about it. We're going to be a good defense. Yeah. You're going to have to be, be
0: a good, good defense. defense. Exactly. Well guys, mm-hmm. I've got to cut it. Everett, thanks for joining us. Jonathan, thanks as always. And, uh, what what may work for you next week to do a show to start these bowl games? Bowl games start Saturday, and I know whoever's excited to watch New Mexico. Who else? New Mexico and Texas San Antonio kick it off in the. Dude, uh, I'll be in the, work, the New man. Mexico bowl. <laughs> I'll be in the wood. After that, yeah, you know, San that. Diego State.
1: Yeah, you got five great bowl games on Saturday. How are you going to be watching the TV? I I got I got to get some meat in the freezer, whether it's a wild pig or a deer or whatever. But I got to get some meat in the freezer, so I'll be in the woods. <laughs> I, I won't be watching that New Mexico bowl. <laughs> oh man, I'm already behind. I'm already behind in my brother this year. He's already killed one of these bowls. So and he passed up on one yesterday. The He passed up an eight yesterday. So. I'm already behind. I gotta catch up. Yeah. <laughs> good luck, good luck, Biggie.
0: You take care of yourself, and Jonathan, what day works better for you next week or this week? Uh,
2: I mean that 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 that, that my schedule's very malleable. I'm I'm off work at, by four o'clock every day this week. So uh, since
1: you're the man
2: that works a little later, I'm gonna let you dictate that.
0: All right, bud. I'll let you know probably by Tuesday. What well, looks good, but uh. Take care, man. Uh, who plays the night in the ball? Uh, Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Another blowout. Uh, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas so. is not going to lose to the Giants. Yeah, the oh, I hope. Giants beat them the first game. There's some payback. So, guys, everybody
1: take care of yourself, and we'll see you this week later
0: Thank you